Welcome back to the Bellevue Ministerial Assistant Leadership Podcast. My name is Jamie Otto, and this is Jason Pyron. Hello, everybody. And we are so excited to be back with you for another conversation centered around the purpose of raising up and sending out prepared ministry leaders. That's right. And today we are talking about the call. We serve a large group of people that listen to this that are working through a vocational call to ministry of some type. And today we want to have a conversation all about calling. We have with us today two of our awesome ministerial assistants, Miss Catherine Long. Hello, Catherine. Hey, guys. And Mr. Cameron Hainer. Hello, Cameron. Hello. Glad to be here. <laughs> it is so good to have you guys with us, and, and we are excited to have this conversation. So we're just going to jump right in, and over the course of the next few weeks, we're going to kind of just walk through a life of ministry and what all that entails. But let's start with the call. So Catherine, I'm going to ask you first, just share a little bit about your walk through that calling to ministry. Yeah. So for me, my calling kind of started here at Bellevue. I grew up here. My parents met here and I grew up knowing the Lord. I got saved at a young age. And so for me, I grew up having a quiet time and knowing how to follow the Lord. But as I got older into high school, I was discipled for the first time and really learned how to love the Word of God and how to actually love the Lord with my heart, mind, soul, and strength rather than just go to church. Through that, the Lord really just developed in me a desire to disciple other girls. And so I started slow by discipling some girls and then taught a life group and then taught a life group some more and got chances to serve behind the scenes. And little by little, the Lord just kept drawing me towards Him and towards ministry and just started confirming over time with those steps of obedience that He was calling me to ministry. Wow, that's Mm -hmm. awesome. And so now tell us what you do now. So now I serve as an MA in our high school ministry. In high school ministry. Mm -hmm. And you've been doing that for? Two and a half years. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's right. Learning lots of great things. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Good, good. All right. So, Cam, a little bit about your story. Yeah. So my call to ministry is a little bit more of a progressive call. It was happening constantly, and there were a few different parts to it. But it really started my senior year of high school when I really started taking my faith as my own again. Mm. During that time from my senior year to high school into my freshman year of college, I started reading the word for the first time. I started praying for myself instead of just praying at meals for the first time. And then that summer, I actually got my very first experience with learning theology. Mm. And so I did my undergrad in theology. That's part of my story. But learning that for the first time, that was very integral and really paving the way for my whole college degree, which was in theology and apologetics. Mm -hmm. And then when I got to Liberty, started learning more, started narrowing that calling. I met a man by the name of Dr. Mark Allen. Mm -hmm. He's a professor at Liberty University still. And he was just such a gentle and kind soul to me. Very smart, very professional, is a great writer, a great teacher, but very gentle, very kind, very humble. And I just learned so much from just watching him do ministry at Liberty University. And so really that was a big part of my calling was seeing what he did and knowing that I want to do the exact same for other people, just like myself. Mm. Hmm, that's right. And so you're doing your graduate work now and uh, working on your MDiv, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, and, sir. Uh, good, good. And continuing to kind of fine tune where the Lord's calling you. Yes, sir. Yes. <laughs> so that's good. So these are two that are in the middle of that now and are ministerial assistants with us. Jamie, obviously you kind of came from that world, but tell us a little bit about your call as well. Yeah. So I did not grow up in church. I actually came to know Jesus at school through my teacher in fifth grade. And so church really wasn't a part of my life until really my junior year of high school. 
I think it was the end of my sophomore year of high school. I went on one youth retreat and then that was it for me. I did absolutely everything I possibly could after the fact. And my junior year, I just really started to love being involved in the church and desired to serve in some kind of way. So I started serving with middle school girls and kind of thinking, man, maybe there would be a way to share some of the truth that I've learned or maybe share what I didn't know when I was their age. And so that's really the only desire that I had at that point. But then once I started serving with them, it was like, oh, I don't think I've ever loved anything more in my life. And so that kind of began what I would say very much was the Lord really first stirring in me a call to ministry. But genuinely, again, I just, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't know what that looked like at all. I don't even think I had language for, we were talking about the call. I I had no idea what that meant of being called to ministry or that even being an option. And so I did, just like Cam, choose to go to Liberty University just because it seemed like a safe option where you could go and get a biblically-based ministry-minded degree. And I found myself really for the first two or so years of of college, just praying, Lord, I want, I just want to do something that I'm passionate about that frees me up to be really involved in the church. And I journaled that. I said that out loud to him. I prayed that for probably my first year and a half of college. And it, it was like the Holy Spirit just stopped me in my tracks one day and said, Jamie, listen, listen to what you're asking me. Okay. Mm. Well, the caveat is to be really involved in the church. And so I feel like that was the moment of really surrendering to that. But again, I did not grow up in a context where this was talked about very often. So I would say that the Lord called me to ministry in high school, very much so. But like Cam said, for and Catherine, it was really a process for me. And But it, it took me until my sophomore year of college to really just surrender to that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So, and my story is similar in some regards to those for sure. Mine was definitely a calling. And I grew up in a Christian home, got saved in ninth grade. And after my 11th grade year, surrendered to that call. Felt like the Lord was very clear in what he was calling me to do and so similar to a lot of y'all's and still on that journey, right? Knowing mm-hmm. I'm called, but just continuing to fine tune what that calling is. So here's the question that we get all the time, mm. not just from MAs, but just from so many, a lot of students, they go, they have an experience or they're just working through what is God's will for my life. And sometimes they get down to, it's a call and I feel called. How did you know you were called? Yeah, I think it's the classic answer of you couldn't see yourself doing anything Mm. else at that point. Part of my story is I, one of the worst grades I've ever gotten a class was in high school. I got a C in English and I've gotten better since then. (laughs) I did not read any books in high school. I just did not like reading. Well, when I got into theology, I got handed my first book by my dad Mm. and it was a book on the Reformation. What a thriller, right? (laughs) So like when I read that first book and started reading for myself for the first time, I just grew to love reading and just reading about God's word, reading God's word Mm -hmm. also, and just learning. And because of that, like I couldn't see myself doing anything else. And then when I found out that I could do that for a career, not read as a career, that'd be be a great job, (laughs) but to to just read and study God's word and Mm -hmm. study church history and things like that, it it didn't take much convincing Mm -hmm. after that. And so I just couldn't see myself doing anything Mm -hmm. else at that point. And that's what really called me into my ministry degree at Liberty, but also my calling to ministry as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you, and you hear that a lot. You hear a lot of people say, I just couldn't see myself doing anything else. Mm -hmm. So what else? How did you know you were called? I think I would agree with a lot of the same points of over time. I just saw, how could I do anything else? But I think a lot of that for me was also that I saw that the joy and the life that I found through investing in younger girls and helping them grasp the gospel was like nothing else. But that combined with the fact that the things I was doing, I knew was no way I could do in my own strength. All the things I was doing scared me to death and felt like something I was so insufficient for. But 
as I did them, they first of all made me come to life, but also I could tell without a doubt the Lord was the one who was making those things happen. And those are the ways I could use my gifts and the Lord was working through me. And so I think just that sense of knowing the Lord is using me kind of mm-hmm. helped me narrow that down in a lot of ways that this is probably where he's leading me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think the enjoyment of it, for sure, it sounds like that's a huge part of what you guys are talking about. I think, too, that there's a real value in other people being around you and being able to call out those gifts yeah. in mm-hmm, you, too. Sure. That I can think back to some people in high school who were really intentional with me and said, hey, like I see this in you and made it a point to kind of help me on the path towards ministry. I think other people played a huge role in that, too. And I would also even just say it can seem like such a big question or like a really daunting question, but at the end of the day, it's if this is God that we're following, mm-hmm. he's going to make it clear. We do get that question a lot, but I was reminded even just thinking about the topic of this podcast that in a book by A.W. Tozer, he talks about what Jesus meant when he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He was basically saying that we get so caught up in our plans and he's just saying, make plans to seek me. That's the plan that I'm calling you towards is make plans to seek me. And if that's Mm. what we're diligent to, he does the rest. That's very much my story. I was probably a little stubborn and took a little too long, but but it's true. At the end of the day, it, it was the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I would agree with all of that. And I would add to that, kind of going off what you were saying earlier about people that called those gifts out in you, maybe you've all experienced as well as you kind of worked through that and expressed that. Maybe you had people, I know I had people from me going, we knew, you know, or we saw this in you. Mm-hmm. So they called out these gifts. I remember, you know, back in the day when you would do that, you would walk forward, you know, a lot of times and at my church, they would introduce decisions, you know, and, hey, this is Jason. He feels a call to ministry. And people would come by and talk to you. And like every other person, mostly old ladies, would come by and just be like, we knew. We knew this all along. And one of them I knew, I was like, why didn't you tell me? I wish you had told me earlier. You know, but to see that other people confirming that gift, it's not, you know, it's the Lord, it's the Holy Spirit that does it. But other people, compared to people going, I don't know, that's, that's going to take a while, you know? Yikes. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Um, I probably had some of those, too. Um, uh, but still, I think all of these matter, knowing how to be called. So another question related to that is when you first kind of saw or the Holy Spirit was leading towards that calling, how did you practically work through that call? Yeah, I kind of did it the wrong way. When I'm describing call to other people, if someone asked me about calling and how I felt called to ministry and what I usually like to try and walk through them with is that, you know, God has called us all to ministry and that he's called us all to make disciples, to go to the nations, to teach them the commands, Mm -hmm. to carry out the Great Commission. And a lot of that is obedience to God and what he's commanded us in his word. And I always believe that if we're obedient to God, obedient to his instructions, the statutes, he is going to call us into something more specific in the ways that he's gifted us. Mm-hmm. Mine was kind of the reverse sin. I, <laughs> I started out and I was like, Lord, you've gifted me with a love to read now. You've gifted me with the love to speak and teach others. But I didn't really have that desire to really know what God's will was in the sense of the general calling and to Mm -hmm. be obedient to it. And so I kind of had to learn that the hard way. I I was kind of aggressive at first with some of the things I had learned, some of the truths about God. And and there was there's a whole lot of disconnect in -hmm. that sense. So I'm thankful for people who called me back, called me to repentance and really called me to focus in on how are you going to obey God's will today? Mm-hmm. And then how are you going to use your gifts to carry out God's will as well? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about it, Catherine? Anything you'd add to that? So a lot of that was like me and the Lord being like, 
what's going on and being really freaked out. But really practically, when I was in high school, I saw a lot of people around me doing what I was, I could potentially see myself doing that. Or I feel like that maybe where God's calling me. And so with the different MAs or different life people leaders I saw who were doing a good job, I just went to them and said, can you tell me what you're doing or can mm-hmm. I follow you around? And so I watched a lot of dishes doing that, but got yeah. to do some campus ministry. And I got to do all kinds of things with that, but really seeing the behind the scenes of mm-hmm. what really goes on in ministry. And this is something I could see myself doing that really helped me nail down a lot of things and just get a practical picture of what was going yeah. on. That's and right. So you shared something at lunch that came to mind, even when you were just talking about this, but mm-hmm. about seeing what an MA did or seeing what <laughs> a quote unquote person in ministry did. And you thought, yeah. that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So how, how did you work through that of learning, wait, maybe ministry doesn't look like only just the pictures I've seen. Right. Does that make sense? Yes, it yeah. does. So when I was growing up, I saw all the MAs around me who were great, bubbly on stage people and love the spotlight and love to lead <laughs> all the games. And I was like, well, I definitely can't be called a ministry because that's nothing like my personality. And in Mm. my mind, I was not the MA type or the ministry type. Mm. And so with that, a lot of it was just me working through the Lord and saying, okay, Lord, really, this is what you called me to. And I guess I will do whatever. But it was also impractical actually asking them, what is your job actually? And realizing Mm. that in Bellevue, we have a team and not everyone Mm. on that team does the same thing or is the same person. And part of being on team is that you have different strengths and different giftings. Mm -hmm. And so for me, there was coming to terms with doing things out of my comfort zone, but also realizing, well, this is where God's gifted me. And I think there is a place for me here on this team and learning what ministry is. Mm, so good. Yeah, that's a great, great question and a great answer to that. And probably also what you saw is when you got in with some of those same people that you'd seen on stage be all bubbly, you realized that's not how they were all the time. Mm-hmm, uh, exactly. Yes, different <laughs> different giftings for different folks. Mm-hmm. That's that's good. That's good. Anything you would add just as far as what you remember walking through that call to ministry? What did that kind of look like going, walking through that and working through that call to ministry? Yeah, I think honestly, a lot of it was like learning a new language in some ways. And even just for me personally, I think I was given some very well-meaning, very bad advice mm-hmm. in some ways that just left me confused as far as what does this mean for me? as a woman, what does this mean for me as somebody who's seeking at that time, what college I should choose, like big kinds of life decisions I just didn't know. And so I think a lot of that came down to, that was a season that really anchored me in the authority of scripture, the sufficiency of scripture in a lot of ways. I think even that, there might be some wrestling through hard questions. There might be a lot of moments where you have to think, well, gosh, I don't know. I don't know what it means. Like the idea of being called to ministry can look so glamorous, but maybe there might be some moments to wrestle with the Lord as to what that means and what that means for you specifically. So it was definitely a journey. I think there's a reason why it took me a while, (laughs) a few handful of years. Right. Um, But yeah. Right. All right. So I'm going to throw a little curveball here. Cam, you and I are going to listen well. Okay. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) You kind of mentioned it and it made me think about it a little bit. So a guy typically has heard, hey, I'm feeling this call to ministry or you hear that. There's all these different things that you can think about that a guy's going to be called to. In history, there is when a lady is called, it maybe has felt like that's a a truncated list of things that you can do. So speak to the girls that are listening to this when they're working through a call and some of them think that means that they're going to the mission field Mm -hmm. or they're going to teach a children's life group. What would you say to them? Mm. Oof, that's a great question. (laughs) I think something I had to come to terms with when I was younger and thinking like, well, I want to go into ministry. And so I want options. I want to have all the cool ministry jobs. Like why do all the guys get that? And I really struggle with that because I'm very stubborn and want to (laughs) want to do cool things. This is not like the answer, but kind of what guided me in that is understanding, first of all, like submission to God's will really is the best place for me. And there is mm-hmm. so much freedom in using the gifts God has given me mm-hmm. and, the, and the freedom in the structure that God has given us and not 
every single guy is called to pastoral ministry right. and not, I'm not called to pastoral ministry. And so even in, that's not the answer, but even as I talk to girls who are walking through that, it's mm-hmm. like, well, when we look at submitting to the Lord, like his way really is best. And you can yeah. argue a lot about the details and what that really looks like. But mm-hmm. for me, it came down to, I think, submission to the Lord and looking at this is mm-hmm. my church that I serve in. And here's my avenues mm-hmm. to do that. And here are my giftings. I don't think it's the answer though. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So many thoughts. I think something that, that comes to mind first is like get in the game. If you're desiring to serve the Lord in ministry, but don't know what that means or what that looks like, you're not going to figure it out unless you try, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like unless you're serving. So I think that's a great way to find out what your gifts are. And I think genuinely so much of it comes down to you're being shepherded by somebody who's so incredibly trustworthy. And I think it can be so easy to view this whole conversation in light of what culture says, or even through the lens of what culture says that, mm-hmm. all right, I deserve something or I'm owed something or Mm -hmm. anything like that. No, I'm just here to serve Jesus. Hmm. If that's true, I think it even similarly goes back to so much of what we talked about at the beginning that he just, he does the rest. I think a lot of it comes down to, I would so encourage any girls listening to cultivate your gifts. If there are gifts that have been called out in you or things that people have affirmed along the way, like we've been talking about, to cultivate them, to be faithful to the way that the Lord has gifted you, because ultimately that's your way to serve his body. Mm -hmm. If that's the case, then don't waste time. Get in the game. Ask good people the right questions. Mm. And even and that's okay. If, even if it is just, if you have guys to only to look up to, you can still ask those kinds of questions to them. It, that's not a bad thing at all. So yeah, th- I have lots of thoughts, yeah. but I don't know if that answers your question. It does. It does. But I think it's good <laughs> yeah. to hear. We have just a couple minutes left, but I'll ask this question and let all of you give just a, a little bit of an answer there. How would you encourage others to walk through the calling the Lord has placed on their life? So Somebody comes to you and says, I'm feeling called to vocational ministry. How do you encourage them in that? Yeah, I always like to try and draw them back to what they feel God has gifted them in. And so seeing what are some of the things they've experienced? What are the some of the things that they've enjoyed doing? And what are the things that other people have encouraged them in? Are they good teachers? Are they good? Have they been faithful in sharing the gospel already? Mm -hmm. Are they good writers? Are they good with administrative skills? There's so many different skills that God has really given us. Mm -hmm. And when we think about those, when we're able to focus in on those and see that, then we're also able to look into specific ministry positions where we can really succeed in and offering that to another team. Hmm. Like Catherine said earlier, a church isn't a one person thing. It's a team and each ministry has its own team. And we need to be working together if we're going to achieve that goal of raising up disciples and disciple makers, if we're going to reach the nations with the gospel. And so that requires both a preacher, but also requires a church secretary as well. And so there are Mm -hmm. so many positions on the team and we need all of them to be working to the glory of God for that team to really succeed. That's right. Well said. Well said. For sure. And I would even add maybe as a second step to that, because I completely affirm that it's something that I really had to work through as I stepped into my first summer in a ministry role is understanding that the God who created me was the same God who called me when Mm. I saw things that I felt insufficient to Mm. do. Mm. And I spent a lot of time in 2 Corinthians that summer and 2 Corinthians Mm. 3, 4 through 5 says, this is the confidence that we have through Christ towards God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency is Christ, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. That passage goes on to talk all about how 
all we have is Christ in ministry. Mm -hmm. We don't have Mm -hmm. our, we have our gifts, but those are from God and that God uses us in ministry. And so in those avenues, once you've found your gifts and you're exercising those, there's going to be elements where you're so uncomfortable and like Mm -hmm. way out of your league and, and things that that God will call you to that you would not ever want to do or imagine that you could do. In that, you have to remember the God who created you is the one who is calling you. It's not two different bosses giving you two different orders. Mm -hmm. God knows. And so trusting him in that and submitting to him that and allowing his power to be perfect through you. Mm. Mm. Awesome. So good. We hope these stories and thoughts that have been shared regarding the call to ministry have given you some practical steps toward finding assurance of that call in your own life. We hope this conversation has challenged and encouraged you as you walk through whatever the Lord's calling you to, whether that's vocational ministry or another area of service. The Lord has a call on all of our lives to serve Him. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next time as we pick up the conversation with Kat and Cam on Hurry and Boundaries.